We'll try to learn next four or five lectures something very clearly about what do we mean by yoga, yoga, yoga. Is yoga yoga means only doing the asanas? Yoga significa apenas fazer os asanas. Or there is something more. Ou existe alguma coisa além? This word yoga is used in many ways. Esta palavra yoga é usada de muitas maneiras. And it is misused much more many ways. Switch on the lights. So, this yoga. I have to go there because I am. I know. Yoga means by means of car I have come to home. Yoga significa através do carro. So yoga So yoga is a means, it is not the goal. Então o yoga é apenas um meio, mas ele não é o objetivo. But normally what we misunderstand, yoga is the goal. Mas o que nós entendemos erroneamente é que o yoga é o objetivo. Like good health, is it a means or a goal? A mesma coisa, a ter boa saúde é o meio ou é o objetivo final? Suppose you are healthy, what next? Suponho que todos nós sejamos saudáveis, o que vem depois? Long life, is it a goal or the means? É a vida longa. É o seu objetivo ou é o seu método, o seu meio? Ok, you live for 150 years, so what? Muito bem, você vai viver por 150 anos, então? Therefore, first step, yoga is not the goal, it is the means. Então, o primeiro passo que nós temos que dar para aprender yoga é o objetivo ou é o método? Não. The hands are the limbs. Agora, as mãos são aquilo que que segura. Legs are the limbs. As pernas também são os nossos membros. Legs don't have to go anywhere. As pernas não vão em qualquer lugar sozinho. I have to go somewhere. Eu tenho que ir junto com as pernas. The hands don't have to hold anything. As mãos não podem pegar qualquer coisa. I have to hold. Eu tenho que pegar. Therefore, limbs are the means. They are not the goal. Então, os membros são um método, não são um objetivo. Similarly, the body is the means and I am the goal. Da mesma maneira, o corpo é o meio, o método, e eu sou o objetivo. But what happens? By mistake, we make the goal as the means and the means as the goal. Mas por erro, nós confundimos o método, o meio como objetivo ou como fim, e o fim ou o objetivo como os meios. Therefore, let us understand this yoga in two ways. Então vamos entender esta yoga de duas maneiras. One is according to Patanjali. Uma é de acordo com Patanjali. Other is according to Bhagavan Sri Krishna. And both of them are telling the same thing, but the practitioners do it wrong. Verdade, coisa, 
Now what Patanjali says about yoga? He says yoga ha chitta vritti nirodaha. Then we stop there. This is incomplete. This is not the meaning what Patanjali said. Next sutra he says, Tada drashtuhu sarupe avasthanam. So whenever we use the word then it must be preceded by when. It is something like when you go to bed early then you can wake up early next morning. Quando você vai para a cama cedo, então você, você também acorda cedo. Similarly, when Patanjali says, Yogaha Chitta Vrutti Nirodaha Tada Drashtu Sarupi Avastanam means if we are having quietened the mind, but we go to sleep, it is not yoga. Patanjali, então ele diz, quando nós temos a a sensação das ondas mentais, mas isso não significa que nós temos que ir dormir. Isto não é o yoga. Mamá, let him talk for a few minutes, ok? Ok. Ah. Start from there. You got a good voice. Don't require my. Ok. Ah. So. If our mind is quiet and if we are going to sleep, then it is not yoga. Let there be thoughts in the mind and we are at peace with ourselves. Let there be good or bad experiences, but our happy mode is not disturbed. That is what is called as yoga. And Bhagavan Sri Krishna says the same thing. He says that when the miseries come in our life, we refuse to be miserable. That ability to refuse to be miserable is yoga. And therefore, both of them, Patanjali and Bhagavan Sri Krishna, tell the same thing. Be happy is the real yoga. Therefore, we should focus on this, that the goal is being happy and everything else is the means. And therefore, whatever we are doing, whether it is as, whether it is the yama, niyama, asana, pranayam or whatever, it is only to express happiness. Yama, niyama, pranayama, tudo isso é só para expressar but normally what we do, we seek happiness. Don't seek happiness, express happiness. And therefore, we have to go step by step. We talk about meditation directly. About this, I'll just tell you one small story. I eat a lot. I take eight breads and when I eat the eighth bread, then my stomach is full. So one day what I did, I kept the eight breads in front of me on the table. And then I ate the eighth bread first. And I was surprised, come on, my hunger has not gone. Why? Normally when I eat the eighth bread, the hunger goes away. But today, why it is not going? Then one wise person like you told me, Swamiji, first you have to eat the seven breads, then the eighth bread can satiate your hunger. 
sabe ele falou assim, mano, primeiro você está tomando sete, e depois o é o oitavo que você está Exactly. Samadhi is the eighth bread. And earlier seven breeds are Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayam, Pratyar, Dharana, Dhyan. Therefore, when we want to practice yoga, we should be clear. We have to go step by step. Now, the first step in the yoga is Yama Sadhana. No, yama means what? There are five aspects involved in the yama. Give to him. Take this mic. Take it out in the hand. It's convenient. This will trouble you. Turn it this way or you go back. So, Yama Sadhana has five aspects. One is Ahimsa Satya Asteya Aparigraha Brahmacharya. Now I'll tell you one by one. Ahimsa means not hurting anybody by body, by speech, or by mind. We understand that physical hurt should not be done. But many times we talk and in that talk we as if hurt somebody. Similarly, we think negative about somebody. So these things should not be practiced if we want spiritual evolution. Then the second one is Satya. Satya is seek the truth, nothing else. The world has always been like this, don't get lost in this world. The world has been like this, we have not created, so don't get disturbed. We are in this world for our evolution. Then the third come, Asteya. Asteya is non-stealing. Many times we pick up the things from someone and don't return. And I'll tell you the highest thief that we are. Now, for example, this mic is not mine. If I take this mic with me and go to India, I will be a thief. So what is the theft? Theft is that when we take somebody else's thing as our thing. Now be attentive. Is this body created by us? We have not created our body. But then we take this body as mine and me. This is the highest theft. See friends, this beautiful room is given me to stay and if I start telling this is my room. The same way this body is given to us to live. But then we start, no, I am the body. And thereafter, the whole life is lived as the body, for the body, on everybody. And therefore, my friends, asteya means get rid of the wrong notion that you are the body. Then you will come to know all our business with the world is conducted with this wrong notion 
that I am the body. So, so when I say I am old, I means the body. When I say I am healthy, I mean the body. When I say I am man, I mean the body. So our whole life is conducted with this wrong notion that I am the body. And therefore, friends, this is the third yama that we have to get rid of this body identification. Then aparigraha. Aparigraha means accumulation of things. How many things we keep on accumulating? So parigraha is to accumulate. Aparigraha means don't accumulate. Now if you look in your own life, see how many clothes we have, how many shoes we have. One of my friend in uh, South Africa, he was having a shoe shop. So I asked him, I said, hey, who will buy shoes, such a big shop you have? He says, Swamiji, you know nothing. Do you know the South African ladies buy on an average five to six pairs of shoes per year? And you go to anybody's house, the shoe rack is always full. This parigraha keep accumulating this should be stopped. And then Brahmacharya. Brahmacharya is self-restraint. Lesser we get involved with anything or anybody, more we can focus on the higher in life. Brahmacharya, everybody knows, it is called as celibacy. But celibacy is not everything. A small child is a celibate. A old man is also a celibate. But that is not enough. Celibacy must be supported with thinking and seeking the higher. The meaning of the word Brahmacharya is Brahmani Charati. The one who is seeking Brahman the reality is called as a Brahmachari. Now all these five things, if we want to understand in one go, it's very simple. We don't take the world as a problem. And we are not a problem for the world. And all the problems begin from our tongue. Either eating or talking. Just observe this. Whenever we go through any experience, what is our response? Response is always in words. Oh, this is beautiful. Oh, this is bad. Therefore, Yama Sadhana means before we respond, react in the world, ask a question to yourself, is it necessary to talk? But what happens? We have developed that habit that we have to talk on everything in the world. 
the more you talk, more mistakes you can make. What was the problem I did? Less you talk, less mistakes you make. Don't you talk, no mistakes. Let the people think we are dumb because we don't talk. Then giving them a confirmation by opening our mouth. Yama sadhana Therefore, the world is not a problem for me and I am not a problem for the world. And this can happen only by one simple technique I tell you. Learn from every experience of your life. How I learned this? Once I was going with my friend in a car and there was a taxi in front of us and the door of the taxi was open halfway. So my friend told me, Swamiji, I take the car parallel, you tell the driver to close the door or he may fall down. So, I have to listen to everybody. So, he got the car parallel to that taxi and I told the taxi fellow, Hey, please close your door. It is open. You may fall. And what reply do you know I got from the taxi person? He said, Did I ask you? Who asked you to talk? Mind your business. When he said like this, my friend who was driving, he got very angry. Then I told, I said, look here, don't get angry. He is my guru. Because he taught me. When it is not asked, don't talk. Yama sadhana is, this world is our guru and from the guru we learn. In Srimad Bhagavat Mahapurana, there is a story about Bhagavan Dattatreya. And when he was asked, who is your guru, from whom you all learned everything, So he tells, I have got two dozen gurus and from every guru I have learned. And one example I only tell you. He said, for example, space is my guru. Now what did I learn from the space? Space supports everything but doesn't get influenced by anything. Space is not opposed to anything. Now recognize this in you. This example I have given a number of times. Our eyes can see all colors and forms. When the eyes are seeing a small puppet, it is not light for the eyes. And if the eyes are seeing a huge elephant, it is not a burden for the eyes. So, what will be the Yama Sadhana? We live in this world, but don't get influenced by the world. For this, one principle I follow in my life. 
and if you follow that it will be wonderful now for example what food i will take i don't decide somebody decides where i am going to stay i don't decide somebody is thinking for me about washing my clothes i don't think jagan is thinking so somebody is doing for me why should i worry now go to the last step be just a follower don't be a leader in your life therefore simply ha what i have to do swami ji you have got a lecture okay start okay how long i had to talk swami ji you should stop after 1 hour okay boss relax but what happens we become the leader and start suffering in our life this is yama sadhana so if we are practicing yoga this is the first step we don't have to go to the forest or himalayas and do meditation there ram krishna paramahansa is to tell one beautiful story you can sit on the top of a mountain but if you have to sit on the top of a pin it is difficult similarly it is okay that the worldly thing don't disturb me but small little thing is enough to upset therefore yama sadhana is live very much in this world but don't the world overpower you similarly we should not become a problem for the world after this is done then the second limb in the yoga is niyama sadhana now what is the niyama there are again five of them they are shaucha santosha tapas swadhyaya ishvara pranidhanani niyama don't worry we'll take one by one they are five first is shaucha shaucha is external cleanliness and inner purity only external cleanliness is also available in the hospitals but inner cleanliness is no bad intentions purity of intentions purity of thoughts when these two things come together we are practicing shaucha so first we have to start with the external cleanliness and the most important thing majority of the people avoid is taking bath we have to take a minimum two times bath per day many people go to sleep after taking bath so that they get good sleep but in the morning when they get up directly from the bath from the bed and then tea coffee eating and no bath so all the laziness of the deep sleep still lingering on their body 
when you take twice bath a day your mind becomes light and pure it's most important then the second thing the place where we live should be speak and span clean and neat our clothes must be clean and properly ironed in short how we dress and how we address tells the quality of our life this is one aspect of the shaucha you also must have experienced it when you are gone for a marathon tired exhausted you come take bath and how fresh you feel anything you begin in an inspired mode you have won the match half but we somehow get up look into the watch what is the time oh it is 7:55 why waste 5 minutes i will get up at 8 o'clock then again we continue sleeping it becomes 8:22 oh again this is not a round figure let me wake up at 8:30 then again we continue and it becomes 8:48 oh again it is not a round figure let me get up at 9 o'clock is it not our story be very attentive the time lag between getting out of the sleep and getting out of the bed tells the quality of your life getting out of the sleep is never a problem getting out of the bed is the problem and during that lag period what is happening all unwanted thoughts keep on coming and all the charging that we have done in deep sleep all the charge energy is a discharge during that period of 1 hour 2 hours and then the nature calls there is a high bp nature's call and then you have to get up okay i have to get up now or else i will do it in the bed now a person who begins his day in this manner what can he achieve and this becomes our habit and this we call as prosperity one thing i learned from one great mahatma in badrinath sometime i used to stay with him and in the morning at 4 o'clock he also used to sit i used to sit with him and we were sitting for our prayers and one day he asked me swami ji what do you do in meditation i said i don't do anything i simply sit no you are not telling me the truth i said i promise i don't do meditation but then how come when i sit next to you my kundalini gets awakened in no time i said i don't know then i ask him tell me why we should sit in the morning 4 o'clock for meditation 
and he told me this what i am telling you he said all the great masters in the morning 4 o'clock move around the globe and those seekers who are sitting in meditation to them they give guidance from within and therefore that early morning time is the most valuable time in our life but if we begin our day somehow we get up okay i get up because there is nothing to look forward to in life we all suffer maximum because of ourselves we don't suffer because of others because we are a problem to ourselves one doctor in usa she asked me this question she said swami ji you get up so early morning i just cannot get up can you help me i said okay in the morning when i get up i'll go to the fridge take the cold water and put on your head those who cannot leave their bed early in the morning they are good for nothing begin your day in an inspired mode you must have seen these people who run in the uh, 100 meter race or 1000 meter race how they start their running they are like a spring waiting for the result to go and the moment the signal goes they don't run they shoot like a bullet and how our day begins okay anyway i'll get up maybe after 10 minutes okay and again we sleep now tell me what such a person can achieve in life therefore shaucha is external cleanliness and inner purity there are three kinds of impurities in the mind one is laziness excessive sleep and repeating the same mistake again and again these are the three impurities in our mind laziness is enemy number 1 even if a lion is lazy food will not come in his mouth he has to work hard never justify being lazy in life then nidra the sleep there are two types of sleeps one sleep is a healthy sleep other is unhealthy sleep healthy sleep is that when we come out of the sleep we are fresh and we can jump out of the bed without a moment and unhealthy sleep is that we are out of the sleep but we don't get out of the bed and keep on lingering on the bed that kind of delayed sleep is unhealthy sleep therefore my friends we have to take care of this impurities in our mind and the third impurity was pramada repeating the same mistake again and again
if you observe how much we repeat the same mistakes. When these things are practiced, we have taken care of one self-control called as Shaucha. Then the second one comes Santosha. Santosha is contentment. We have to learn to be content. And for this, only proper understanding is required. And what is that understanding? All that is required for our evolution, the Lord provides us. If health is required, He will give us health. If disease is required, He will give us disease. And whenever there is something wrong with us, physically, mentally, etc., it was necessary. Like suppose you get a um, pain somewhere in your stomach. Now that pain is not given to torture us. Just to tell us, hey, there is something wrong, take care of your stomach. Exactly the same way, when we get hurt, there is something wrong with our thinking. And our thinking was, we had some imaginary expectations from the world. Because I am special. I am extraordinary. I am so and so. And if that expectation does not meet, we get frustrated. Therefore, one rule. Whenever we get hurt, we are a strong ego. Now to understand this, take an example. If there is a pond with a steady water, and even if a small dry leaf falls in the water, there will be ripples. But if there is ocean, and in that ocean the whole ship sinks, there are no ripples. Exactly the same way. When we are lost in small little things, the ripples on the mind is disturbance. But when you are with the Divine, you never get insulted. Therefore, Santosha is a technique by which we live at zero expectation levels. Normally what happens, we have too many expectations from the world. Like one person asked me this question. You give talks but the people don't improve, don't change. Don't you feel bad about it? I said, I am not mad to feel bad. I am not a mad person to feel bad that they don't go. Because I am very clear that whatever I am doing, I am giving the talks, they are not for any one of you. Every word is addressed to myself. So when I talk, who is the first person to hear? I hear first before you hear. If my words don't change me, Will they change others? 
But what is our struggle? We want to change others. We want to help others. Never get lost in their wrong thinking. To get out of this, there is a simple technique. Remember one thing. Whatever we do, it is our need. Like I am talking to you on the yoga. Now you are all the time practicing yoga for years together. I have not done any yoga asana in my life. Then why I am not talking? Because it is my need. If I stop talking, who will give me food? Therefore, when I am talking to you, I am not obliging. On the contrary, I am grateful to you that you are allowing me to think loudly. Then how can I have the arrogance that I am doing good to the world? Therefore, it doesn't matter whether there are 10,000 people in front of me or there are 10 people in front of me because I am not addressing to any one of them. I am addressing to myself. Then contentment comes. Yesterday we had a satsang in Ramakrishna Mission. This particular thought, I'll tell you how it can help you in developing the contentment or santosha. We do not have choice about our parents. Therefore, we accept the parents as they are. But then we feel there is a choice about the children. But here we go wrong. As we have no choice about our parents, we have no choice about our children. Then, as we are content with our parents, we will be also content with our children. But then we want, oh, my child should be like this, it should be like that, and it never happens. <laughs> and as a result, we are all the time disturbed and miserable because of the children. <laughs> we are miserable because of children in two ways. And all of us miserable because of two ways only. One misery is that of having something and other misery is not having something. No, those who have money, they are worried. Those who don't have money, they are also worried. Those who have children, they are worried. Those who don't have children, they are also worried. A worried person cannot be content. Contentment therefore comes in our heart when we accept Lord's will as our will. Now to understand this program, I'll just tell you an example. Once I was in a hospital, and they were giving me only the barley water and the boiled uh, vegetables. And I like very good tasty food. And that rubbish food they were giving me, I was so frustrated. And there was another patient, he was given very good food. 
I was fed up because of my useless food and he was fed up because of his rich food. And one day that man, he said, I don't want to eat. So I told him, come on, don't waste food. Food is God. He said, I can't eat anymore. I said, I don't like wasting food. Come on, I'll eat. And I ate that good food. And immediately emergency came. Doctors came, nurses came, and the doctor got so angry. Who has given him this food? Everybody was quiet. Then I told doctor, doctor, I only ate that food. He said, why? I said, you were giving me useless food every day and to him you were giving good food? Then the doctor said, I thought you are a Swami, you will understand. I said, those who understand, they never become Swami. They get married and then they understand that they have done a mistake. He said, Swamiji, you are having a stomach problem and you are not supposed to take the heavy food. So therefore we were detoxing you and you have taken the heavy food. Now come to the point. Doctor is not my enemy and he was not the friend of the other patient. He knew what is right for whom. Exactly the same way what is right for our spiritual evolution we don't know. The Lord knows. And therefore, we improve upon Lord. We improve upon God. And therefore, contentment is destroyed. Therefore, remember, whatever is needed for our evolution, let it be good or bad, that alone comes to us. If respect will help us to grow spiritually, respect will come to us. If insult will help us grow spiritually, insult will come to us. If wisdom is necessary for our evolution, wisdom will come to us. If confusion is necessary for our evolution, confusion will come to us. Now, as all of you have heard something about Gita, I'll tell you how it is there. When Arjun went on the battlefield, he asked Bhagwan Krishna to take the chariot between the two armies. Now, Bhagwan Krishna had a choice to keep the chariot in front of the enemies, but what he did, he kept the chariot in front of Arjuna's grandfather and guru. And after seeing that condition, Arjuna got confused. And he started thinking the wrong way. And a wrong thinking always gives you more arguments. And his argument was, how can I kill my grandfather? How can I kill my guru? Mm -hmm. 
what does it mean if it is your grandfather if it is your guru i can kill but my guru and my grandfather how can i kill and he was thinking he is very wise friends on the battlefield who are you you are just a warrior but forgetting that position of a warrior you created relations like in the satsang who are we i am the speaker and you are the listener so instead of me remaining a speaker i become somebody and instead of you remaining a listener if you become somebody neither i can talk properly nor you can listen properly and therefore be attentive the highest spiritual practice is we have to practice wherever we are whatever we are whenever we are we should be 100% that is what is called as contentment santosh so shaucha santosha then comes tapas now tapas is normally mistaken by us tapas means torturing the body when it is cold we don't put on warm clothing why i am doing tapasya that is not the right way tapasya means we have to invoke our inner potentiality and there are two things which must happen in tapasya number 1 we must discover self confidence and we must get freedom from dependence on anything or anybody discover independence in mahabharat it is said all dependence is misery all independence is happiness therefore when we do tapas what is done in tapas we invite problems and then we don't suffer because of the invited problems now for example many people observe fast i am not going to take food for one week nothing wrong very good try but after that is over then one more ego feather comes i have done tapasya so that tapasya becomes a burden rather than a freedom and therefore tapasya means discover your inner potentiality that you are not dependent on anything or anybody in this world and the second thing is we must discover self confidence we can achieve these two things put together is tapas and when this tapasya is practiced we discover inner strength and then sky is the limit for our evolution such a person never gives up in this manner 
in this niyama we are seen three shaucha santosha and tapas there are two more factors one is swadhyaya and ishwara pradidhanani this we will see in our next class om purnamadaha purnamidam purnahat purnamudachate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate om shanti 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 हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम